This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. This show is, in my view, upfront, up close, and full of inspiration. Merriam-Webster describes an unstoppable person as this. They are like warriors, always ready to take on the world. They are guided by a light from within, full of boundless energy and unwavering in their goals. Well, that only partly describes the invincible Tracy Schmidt, better known as unstoppable. She is an award-winning business leader, a mega-motivational speaker, a best-selling author, a Canadian Hall of Famer. She has climbed the Himalayas. She's a bronze medalist in alpine skiing, was part of the Quest for Gold World Cup sailing event, has captained 110-foot tall ships, and was in feature films with superstars like Michael Keaton and Gary Oldman. And here's where her story goes from amazing and incredible to unstoppable. Tracy Schmidt was born a four-way amputee. She's a woman of raw courage who exemplifies the very best of the human spirit. Tracy Schmidt, unstoppable as she prefers to be called, joins us now in conversation. Tracy, or should I say unstoppable, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you with us. I am over the moon to be with you today, Anne. I want to go back in time. Let's, if it's a, it's a very straightforward question, but I think it's a hard question to ask. What was life like for you as a quadruple amputee? What was the early childhood experience for you? You know, in some ways, I feel very lucky uh, to have been born a four-way amputee because there were moments where people said no. So, for example, I was, uh, first day of school and excited like every other kid to be going to school all summer. My mom says, you get to go. And I'm face to face with the principal. And instead of being welcomed in, he takes one look at me without my hands and without my legs. And he's, he's heartbroken, but he has to say, I'm sorry, Tracy can't go to this school. Oh, and you, so you can imagine as a five-year-old, all excited and all the other kids on my street and, and my heart just dropped. And I just said it to you and all the hair on my arm just stood up again. Yeah. And it's funny how those memories of a car accident or a tough memory, and it's like you're living it all over again. And my mom, I looked up at my mom and I, I fully expected her to look at him and say, what do you mean? And be all mama bear. <laughs> but she wasn't. And, you know, she, she, she has these really kind eyes, my mom, and she responded to him with this kind, kind voice tone. And she just said, instead of being angry, she just said, how come? And the principal was sort of taken off guard at how sweet she was. And so because she, he wasn't defensive, he just told her, he's like, oh, well, Tracy doesn't have hands, so she probably can't tie her shoelaces. And. Tracy doesn't have legs, so she probably can't go to washroom by herself. And I was in kindergarten in the 70s. Uh, my voice probably sounded much younger, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and so he said, you know, we don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, educational assistance or teacher aides. And, and so there isn't anyone to help Tracy. And this teacher, she's all alone with 30 other five-year-olds. So my, my mom, she totally replied that she understood and she sort of took a deep breath and she counter offered and she said, 
just give me like a week to try to find another school that can help Tracy. And, and since we're here today, can we just try? Yeah. And, and so, and then, so the principal was like you, I guess. Yeah. Right. Like you just sort of, yeah. Right. There's this relief because mom was so kind about it. And so my mom thanked him and eye contact and shook his hand. And we, we walked around to the side of the school and that's where the kindergarten kids are let in. But it's also where you can see a hundred, several hundred other kids in on the tarmac behind the school waiting for the school bell to go off. And my mom, her face went from smiling to the same shock that the principal had when he saw me. And my mom, she dropped down to her niece in the parking lot in front of everybody. And I'm five years old. Yeah. I have no idea why my mom's on her knees. <laughs> and she, she grabs my arms, that parental grip, and she's looking me eye to eye on her knees, and she says, Tracy, it's really important that you and everybody's included. Nobody left behind. Oh, wow. wow. Right? And wow. I, I'm five years old. I have no idea why my mom is so serious, right? I don't know that if I don't go outside for recess by myself, that I'm not going to get to stay at that school. And so the principal had followed us around and he saw my mom on her knees and he heard her say, nobody left behind. So he doesn't want me to leave anymore, right? He wants me to stay on Friday. So fast forward to recess time. And the principal runs outside, and he's looking for me everywhere. I'm not there. And where were you? I was inside, and it turns out my little friend couldn't tie her shoelaces. And it turns out not only could my friend not tie her shoelaces, but none of the 30 kids (laughs) could tie their shoelaces. And, of course, my mom said, nobody left behind. So by the time I finished tying 30 shoelaces, the recess bell had gone off. And, you know, I learned that day, like, it was, I wanted to play outside, but it was way more fun to be able to tie 30 friends' shoelaces, right? And, And I learned that day that there's a place for each and every single one of us. So instead of being five and figuring, oh, that's for boys, or I'm too short, or I've got red hair, red hair, like the story I made up was that no, when the principal said N-O, it just meant he didn't know K-N-O-W. And so I was very lucky to be born without hands and legs because my mom spent more time with me teaching me shoelaces (laughs) and... I got this really cool opportunity and this great life lesson that, that's been with me ever since. And that life lesson, you have uh, touched on it through all of your life, uh, and particularly as a motivational speaker and what you're doing right now and telling us this story is so motivating. So may I ask you the the physical aspect of, of being a four-way amputee? How... At, at, at such an early age, at age five, how did you get around? How did you tie shoes, shoelaces? <laughs> so 
I'm missing my left arm above elbow, and I'm missing both of my legs above my knees. But I do have a, I have two of the elbow and two just above knees. But my right arm, uh, I'm missing four fingers. I do have one finger on my long right arm. Uh, and so I tied shoelaces with my one finger. And it's that same hand, that same one finger that I sail tall ships and sail against able-bodied men in Olympic class trials <laughs> is that one long arm in tying that shoelace. And I think it's, it's I think even today, I give kudos to my mom because I have a niece and nephew and, and I'm, I'm guardian to lots of best friends, kids. If something were to happen, I'm the backup parent and <laughs> I want to jump in and tie their shoelaces. But I would say kudos to my mom for letting me struggle and figure it out because it was because I got to go to that school. I, I got to grow up and, and learn and fall out of sailboats and become a sailing instructor and as a sailing instructor, get into teacher's college. And with teacher's college, I got to travel the world, Nepal, Uganda, Mexico, 20 countries and, and a recent Canada hall of famer for my, my honored humanitarian work. When do you think that you became unstoppable? Was it that experience at kindergarten at Burner Trail Public School, was it that experience? I think that was a good start. But I, I think uh, that I, when I started to learn to ski and I wiped out a lot <laughs> for a couple couple years yeah. before we figured out backwards boots and they called me unstoppable Tracy on the ski hill. And then <laughs> when I went sailing, you know, I wanted to do the Paralympic trials. And so if I surround myself with Toronto sailors, I get to be the best of the best in Toronto, but I needed to be international. So I, I tried to surround myself with the gold Paralympians or gold Olympians. And this man, Magnus Ligidal, he's, he's a gold Olympian. And he, he at first didn't really want anything to do with me. And I phoned him and I tweeted him and he never answered. And I, I gave up everything I owned and I drove down. And I, I camped out in his uh, boat yard for three months, hiding behind gigantic yachts, sleeping in my car for three months, washing his boat, waxing his boats, doing everything in my power to try to let him know that I wasn't going anywhere and I would stick it around before he finally said, come on, let's go sailing. And he, he took a Sharpie that he had that he was working on and there was this beat up dilapidated boat in his boatyard. I think there was a creature living inside of it. It was on its side. It wasn't in the water. And he took a Sharpie and he wrote on the side of this, this garbage boat, unstoppable Tracy. Mm -hmm. He said, you get this boat going, you know, I'll support your journey. And, uh, and that was, that was the day that it really stuck. Just like the song says, ain't no mountain high enough unstoppable. Takes on the Himalayas. We'll be right back. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line 
info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation. Unstoppable. And she truly is. Unstoppable. And I keep wanting to say Tracy. Unstoppable. That's your name. And that's what I'm going to call you. You decided that you were going to do what very few people have done in their lives. And that was to climb a mountain, climb a mountain range, the Himalayas. Why did you decide to do that? What made you think you could do that? Well, you know, uh, it, it's, well, it started with an Outward Bound adventure. We were, we were climbing a cliff, and I just barely got off the ground. And, and a whole lot of folks, very kindly and well-intended, were like, here, let me, let me push, or let, if I pull the line a little bit, maybe you can climb the rock face that way, and I'll support and this very powerful woman uh, said, stop, give her a minute to figure it out, right? This is, this is her climb. She's got to do it. We're here. We've got her safety line, but, but let, her, let her try at least. And instead of jumping in and helping before she's had a second to even think about it. And, and, I, and I first was sort of excited that these people were jumping in and yeah, that'll work if they hold me there and hold me this way. And, and she said that, and then they waited like 45 minutes before I even was successful at moving a couple of inches. Hmm. And that woman, Kathy Smart is my sailing instructor, was my partner in the Himalayas and was the one that believed that I can do it despite what was present at the beginning of it all with that outward bound climb. And, and she, with some longtime friends from college, were going to the Himalayas and she invited me along and, I, that, and together we facilitated her best friend, herself and myself, the three of us facilitated a group in the Annapurna region of Nepal. And, uh, it, it was phenomenal. It was pretty extreme, like extremely beautiful, but extremely impoverished. And it was a real eye-opener on top of what I could do and what, what others could do that lived there. So when you climbed to the top, climbed to where you wanted to get with the Himalayas and looked down at everything that was before you, what was, what was going through your heart and what was going through your head? Oh my gosh. So it's, so it's actually kind of a, a funny memory because the, the highest we got was uh, just shy of 9,000 feet or so. And we just crossed this suspension bridge. And the suspension bridge is there, or the one that I crossed, it was missing some planks. And you got to remember a suspension bridge, like the ropes are like waist level. And so me on my knees without legs, like there isn't anything beside me that those, those, rope handles are above my head and it was swinging. Like it was, it wasn't like a good solid metal bridge. <laughs> it was just a, a rope twine type of thing. And so when we crossed over the suspension bridge, I was, my heart was like, boom, 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 right. I, Cause I, I thought I was going to go through a plank. I thought I was going to fall out the side and everybody else in my group, they were, they were pretty sort of ready to rest and they sat down. Whereas for myself, my heart was too pumped to, 
waste some of this nervous energy. And, and I was always at the back of the pack because my steps are smaller. So I wanted to walk ahead and gain some distance. And I knew the highest peak was coming up. And this big hay bale came up to me and with these spindly legs and he started like petering and he threw the hay bale on the ground and just missed me. I thought I was going to be hit with it. Oh my gosh. And I was traveling with some Nepalese students that could speak a bit of English and a lot of Nepalese. And this farmer says, if this one looks like that, and, and he pointed at me without my arms and my legs, says, what does the rest of the group look like? And one of the students, they were real cheeky, and they said to the Nepalese farmer, oh, one of them doesn't have a head. Oh, gee. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, like in Nepal, there's no artificial legs, right? There's no prosthetic boots. There's no awareness raising. There's no legislation that says everyone to be included like we have. They don't have the technology. And so... It made sense when people looked at me in shock. And I didn't see anybody with a disability. Most people with disabilities die off because there isn't enough food to include feeding them, right? They just feed a select few for the village. And so I realized if we could make a difference in Nepal, where after trekking with me for nine days, a student could make a joke, yeah, then we can make a difference anywhere, like that was the extreme of the extreme awareness raising. We just need to get out and about. Is it okay to be different? No, I think it's awesome to be different. And, and I think we all are different where there's tall, there's small, there's brown skin, there's freckle skin, there's female, male, there's them. There's lesbian, bi, gay, trans, queer, plus, plus. There's with a visible disability like me. And I think there's, there's also lots of invisible disability. This pandemic, I think wellness has probably like more than 50% of the population have an invisible disability we just don't know about. You know, a, a lot of people ask me what happened. And I, I say, you know, I was born limb at list. I was born without my limbs. I was born limitless. Wow. But I think the bigger secret is, is we are all born limitless. You have a motto that I discovered on your website. It is this. It's not why, it is how. I love that. And I think a lot of us are looking for our why. And some of us know our why. It might be our kids. It might be my sailing passion to be in the Paralympic trials. It might be love. It might be a a job you love. Like you are so, you're amazing. And in this extraordinary driving conversation, so people can be thriving and connected and difference maker that you are. We we all have our why, uh, where I think we get stopped is our how. And and so rather than, than feeling uncertain, Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction, right? We've got to embrace that possibility. We can do it, even if we don't know how. You don't avoid failure, even if you don't know how you get started. You know, we didn't know how I would ski. And, and we tried sitting ski, and we tried my long artificial legs, but they just bent at the knee because they're artificial. And because I don't have hands to sitting ski, 
the outriggers, the crutches just didn't work with no hands. And then I was sitting on a bench and I wasn't on a couch at home trying to figure out how I'll ski. I embraced the possibility. I'm going to ski. And I'm sitting next to my ski instructor and he had huge feet. <laughs> and then we realized, oh, I could put my thighs, my stumps that end above my knees in men's boots backwards. Brilliant. And yeah. And now I'm in the skier's tuck, knees to skis. Wow. And you are a bronze medalist, by the way, I understand, and, and more when it comes to yeah. skiing. And imagine how clever and thoughtful and and just really making the the smartest moves in a situation to make it work for you. So I, it, I do get the impression that NO is not an option. No is not an option in Unstoppable's life. No, none of us, we just don't know. <laughs> yes. Right? And, and I, it's funny, I spend a lot of time where people don't know me and they see me and then they're sad for me or shocked for me or amazed by me and 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 they they just don't know, right? Yep. And then when they do find out my life, then they think, "Oh, but that's you. I can't do that." And it's so funny. Then they're like, "But you're you're lucky. You are unstoppable, Tracy." <laughs> and it, it it flips. And and I think it's really important to realize we are all great leaders. We all can. We can all be unstoppable. You share your experiences around the world and with the help of social media that's made it even broader and more impactful. You're a motivational speaker, a mega motivational speaker. Where does that come from? Where does the confidence and the joie de vivre and the willingness to share your stories and your your optimism for everything, where does that come from, Tracy? And what do you get from it? Uh, well, and I think People think I'm not afraid, like my, my stomach is going a thousand miles a minute because I'm speaking with Anne Romer, oh. right? And, <laughs> and I'm on stage and they think, oh my gosh, opening for like during the pandemic was, uh, oh, there's so many, right? They're just different speakers and it, being on stage with Jane Fonda and people think I'm not afraid and I'm actually scared out of my mind mm. and sometimes even paralyzed out of my mind. But the trick is doing it in spite of the fear, right? Is exceeding uncertainty, feeling scared, feeling uncertain, feeling unsure, feeling like you don't know how, exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. And I think I, I earn that independence on stage or in a sailboat or climbing the Himalayas because I didn't earn the independence alone. You know, today I'm not on this fabulous interview alone. I've got Anne Romer, who's got my lifeline as I've thrown myself off this cliff <laughs> and it's scary hanging out there, but I know you've got my safety line. And I know Kathy Smart had my safety line that day on Outward Bound. And I know that Magnus Lidgedal had my back when I was in that sailboat, the gold Olympian, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? And I know that my mom had my back in kindergarten Right. And, and I've got some extraordinary family and friends. So I'm earning independence as a mega speaker, but I have a phenomenal sister and best friends out there that, that help me earn independence. Is it safe to say that your motto was and still is nobody left behind? Yes, nobody left behind. Everyone included 
it because you're alone, all right? I'm, I'm, if I'm on that stage and I don't have somebody on the side smiling or listening or thriving, and, and this interview would be very different if Ann Romer wasn't with me right now, I think nobody left behind. The creativity comes from everyone included. You know, we're all trying to reinvent and pivot and have a new way of being in this unusual world with this pandemic, for example. You know, and it's been around a long time and we, we don't want to hear about it anymore. We just want to make it work. But in fact, you know, we think of the YouTube owner who has a hearing loss. And so he put transcription on YouTube. Well, we all use YouTube. We all have noisy families and we can't watch Netflix. So we put on the transcription to read the subtitles, right? So when you include everyone, and in this particular case, a person with a disability, you get really delightful, creative, new solutions that end up dialing it up for everybody. We are all shoelace leaders. Who knew I was going to be the shoelace leader that day in a class of 30? So we are all shoelace leaders. Let's leave nobody behind. Wow. I am so honored to have spent time with you. I look forward to meeting you face-to-face. You are an extraordinary young woman. You are beautiful. You are forthright. You lead by example. You motivate. You stimulate. You create a better world for all of us. And I can't thank you enough. Unstoppable, Tracy Schmidt, for joining us in conversation. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Ann Romer. I am humbled and honored, and you have just made a lifelong dream come true. (laughs) And for me as well, thank you, Tracy. Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region. This is 1059 The Region.